Hello, and welcome to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Over the next half hour, we are going to be climbing in the trenches of grief. Tracy and I will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. We're going to laugh and cry as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable. So get your boots on, it's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) And welcome to Confessions of a Grieving Mom, Mother. I'm Julie. I'm Tracy. And we will be your hosts for the next 30 minutes. And on the phone today, we have Brandy Gentry with us calling in all the way down from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, PA. What's your zip code down there? Uh, 15104 is my original zip code. There we go. The only one that I wrap and the one that comes to mind when you ask. Yes. (laughs) Actually, I have a new zip code. (laughs) That's hilarious. I like it. Bring an OG style. That's right. Okay, so um, I'm excited for this podcast. I'm excited for everyone, but I I don't know a lot about Ollie's story. So we're just going to dive right in and... um, Brandy, if you can can start and tell us about when you found out you were pregnant. Sure. So um, in 2010, I found out I was expecting, uh, the exact date on which I found out I was expecting was August 9th of 2010, and um, it was completely unplanned. I I wasn't married or in a serious relationship, so um, it was a scary time for me, but like I just remember feeling so much excitement. And uh, I always tell the story that the day after I took the test and I I learned that I was growing a little baby, I was walking downtown, um, downtown Pittsburgh, and I remember the sun was shining really, really bright in the morning Mm -hmm. on my way to work. And I just remember feeling it so differently for the first time in my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like the sun felt different because I knew that I had this little life inside my belly and um that's kind of that's kind of the epitome of my walk with Ollie Mm. is that it it was just very warm and and so full of like hopeful light I love that I do and and you and you recognize that at that moment at the beginning at the very very beginning right yeah because sometimes you can look back and and kind of put the pieces together but for you to notice that at that moment that's beautiful so where where were you working at that time yeah so I was a customer service representative for R.H. Kuhn um and it was it was crazy because I had just started that job I had just moved into a new place with my best friend it seemed like I was at the beginning of a lot of things new in my life Mm -hmm. so even though it was like completely you know, like I said, just unplanned and it it wasn't ideal circumstances for like my upbringing or even my like religious background, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it still seemed like this was so purposeful. Like my pregnancy was, was purposeful. And I just remember really grasping that and, and wanting to, to value it in a really special way. Um, and so just, like I said, from the very beginning, I was, I was so excited and so committed to the, the idea of this, this new baby coming into my life. Mm-hmm. So how, how did the pregnancy, like, how, how did it go along? Were you, um, 
yeah, so I had a really wonderful pregnancy. It was textbook perfect. Um, I gained only, you know, two pounds per month, and it was just really perfect, like no major health complications or anything to be concerned about. Like there were never any red flags raised by the doctors. Um, I felt really good. I was, I was really active and I, I learned that your baby and your body were capable of handling whatever level of activity you typically participated in. So I remained pretty active throughout the course of my pregnancy, believing it was ultimately what was, you know, best for the baby's development. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt really good. I attended all of my, you know, prenatal appointments. I had decided early on that I wanted to nurse. And that too was even um, another kind of point of like motherly commitment that initially, like outside of carrying a baby, I was never into the idea of nursing a child. Like I really thought that I would just forgo that. But once I became pregnant, it just felt like super instinctual that that was something that I really wanted to experience with my baby. And I remember having a green book that was passed out to me at a, at a prenatal visit. And I remember just, you know, flipping through the book and really letting myself kind of just bask in the idea of letting my body nourish my baby, Mm. you know? And, uh, it was, it was a really great pregnancy. It was a really, really great, easy pregnancy from a, from a physical perspective. Right. Um, and so from you, from a psychosocial you, perspective, <laughs> it, it was not that easy. <laughs> so you, you chose to find out gender. Yeah. What you were having. Is that, is that. Yeah. Correct? So mid November, um, it was November 16th of 2010. You're good at dates, girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things I've learned and been super grateful for on my grief journey is that I've always had, a really detailed and even like photographic memory Mm. and I've I've really been able to to enjoy that now that memories are all I have right yeah yeah for sure yeah so on November 16th my anatomy scan was scheduled and I was super ignorant about what that really meant. I thought literally I was just going to find out the gender of my baby. No, I was going to be there. I think for that's like what a lot of people hour. think. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. A little bit more detail. Yeah. Right. So I was like super annoyed that I was uh, <laughs> having to endure all of these measurements and things. For sure. But, just tell me the gender, please. Yeah. That's all I'm here right. for. Right. <laughs> so when they I finally lunch plans. told me. <laughs> that it was a boy, I have to be honest that uh, I was a little disappointed <laughs> because I, I actually really, really wanted a girl. But the crazy thing is, is that just like days before my anatomy scan, maybe like four or five, there was a one of the truckers who ran one of the routes for my job. Uh, his name was Oliver. And every day I would look up at this name and I kept thinking, like, why is this name standing out to me? Because clearly it is not a name of our time, right? <laughs> right. Like, doesn't really fit the era. And so I, uh, I couldn't get the name out of my head for a boy. 
And so I like prayed about it. I don't know what made me make that choice to pray either, but I, I decided to pray about it because it was just standing out to me. And so then I went and Googled it. And when I Googled it, it said that the name Oliver means offer of peace. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that that had to be his name. Like just very intuitively, I knew that if I was to learn that the gender was, was boy, that my little boy's name would be Oliver because I genuinely believed that after some, some pretty intense struggles in my pregnancy, um, emotionally that, that this was going to be a gift that God was giving me to, to bring me peace. Oh, I love that. Me too. So many pieces oh. of this story that I really like. Yes. They all come together. Like <laughs> they all make sense. Right. But, but you, you didn't, you put that on the back burner cause you thought you were having a girl <laughs> or you wanted to right, that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember what your girl name was when you were pregnant with him? Yeah, it was Kyla Marie. Aw. Okay. Love that. Too. Yeah. But you know what? The gender is boy. So. <laughs> right. So, it was boy. It was and boy. so it was Oliver. Oliver Preston Rawls. Love that. You knew Thank that immediately. You. I knew it. So you had, yeah, the anatomy scan, found out it was a boy. What did you, um, did you go crazy and start buying boy stuff? Or what did that look like? No, actually, I uh, I went to therapy that afternoon. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love you. I went, to, I went to therapy that afternoon, and I processed the weight and the reality of of birthing a male child mm-hmm. as a single mother, mm-hmm. and some of the fears that I I had associated with that, you know. Just wondering if I was worthy, if I could do it, like would I be, you know, able to equip him with all that he would need to become like a productive member of society. Um, I just, I just always felt really, really strongly that he was like somebody very, very special, and and I just wanted to be good enough for him. Aww. And wow. I, I did. I went to therapy a few hours after I got the results. And, and I processed that with my provider. Um, and I don't know why I felt that so, so strongly, you know, but mm-hmm. I did. Well, I, I think that's like that very valid. I think a lot of moms go into a, an anatomy scan even, and they're really hoping for a gender, a certain type of gender, and they're told something else. That's definitely not talked about. Right. Um, and how do you process that? And then that? you're like, really? Oh, Okay. Um, now I need to go process that information because I, I thought I was having the opposite sex, but that's okay. <laughs> right, right. And especially your, your first baby. I mean, yeah. That's a whole other weight of I mean, yeah. just exactly what you just said, Brandy. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that. I've never heard. I love that perspective. Yeah. But I, and I, I, it's um, so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's just um, add it to the risk, list of reasons why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get to know the gender, you go to some therapy sessions, and then we're talking now we're like in the middle of November, right? So um, the holidays, what do the holidays look like for you? Yeah, so um, by Thanksgiving, it was just super anticipatory 
celebration. Everyone had really come to terms with the idea that we'd be expecting a new little baby to come into our family. And I remember at the Thanksgiving table, we do honor that tradition that each of our family members, you know, openly share something that they're thankful for while we have our meal. And I remember being just really, really touched because my oldest nephew, Jaden, he's a little firecracker, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's full of compassion and it comes out at moments that are like really just least expected. Like when a kid could be very egocentric, like he just share something that shows you that he he thinks bigger than than maybe you expected Uh and when it was his turn to share what he was grateful for he shared a list of things and in the end he said and I'm really grateful for Aunt Brandy's new baby and I just feel like you know that was that was just like a sweet way of everyone kind of just making space for him and I, I remember being really really excited because he was to be born just like a week my due date was a week before Easter of 2011 and so sitting at the Thanksgiving table I kind of forecast it into the Easter holiday you know within myself Mm -hmm. and I thought wow at Easter time we'll be sitting just like this only I'll have Ollie in my arm Mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah and uh that, that was Thanksgiving and then we uh, moved, you know, very, very quickly, obviously, into the, the festive holiday season of, of Christmas time. And um, the excitement continued to grow, but so did some of the, the other, you know, challenges that I was facing just being a single mom and, and trying to navigate the, uh, the healthcare system at this point, you know, I remember around, um, and you can tell me if I'm going too far, if you have like more detailed questions, but it was great. around mm-hmm. December 15th that, you know, I started noticing that there were like changes in the pattern of my, of my baby's movements. And I had some questions about that, that, that weren't so quickly answered. Okay. And we're going to pause you right there, Brandy. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to talk more about your story. Sure. We hope you are enjoying this podcast. If you would like more information on Emma's Footprints, please visit our website at emmasfootprints.com. To all of the families on their grief journey, we see you, we support you, and we remember your babies. You are not alone. okay, we're back. And when we left off, Brandy was just talking about how um, holidays were happening, things were shifting, and her baby baby movements were starting to become a concern. Um, And you weren't getting the answers you wanted. Is that what you said, Brandy? Yeah, I just, I wasn't being answered maybe like as quickly as I'd like or, you know. And how much did you know about pregnancy and... um, you know, was obviously it was your your first pregnancy, but did your family kind of help pour into you with that information? 
were you were you curious throughout your pregnancy? I feel like I I didn't ask any questions and mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. <laughs> um yeah, so there's actually this really kind of providential, if you will, anecdote of this story is that when this all started happening, so I had very minimal knowledge or understanding about pregnancy. Um, at the at the beginning of my pregnancy, I purchased the very popular What to Expect When Expected. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did, did you read it? Yeah. Because I feel like I did too, but I think it collected it's a good book <laughs> So I actually, what I would do is each week that I like changed, you know, gestation to like one week, two weeks, three weeks, each week on the same day, I would read whatever was applicable to that, you know, particular week. Uh-huh. So that was kind of my little like evening reading tradition. Uh-huh. So I did, I did read a good bit of the book. Um, but I remember going through the book trying to see if there was like skipping ahead really to see if there was anything more interesting or detailed that I might need to know that was further in the book. And I remember seeing the chapter or the section on pregnancy loss Hmm. and I was so annoyed I was just like why would this be in a book that's talking about the happiest time of your life like now this Mm -hmm. needs to be in a different book (laughs) you know like I I just I just that's what I thought you know being super naive and first time being pregnant I was just like this is unnecessary sad section I'm not gonna need that (laughs) So, once again, back to where we were, Um, it's mid-December, and I had really been in tune with Ollie's movements, because I remember making a Facebook status that said, I love feeling Ollie's kicks. They remind me that I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And so every morning, I would intentionally lay still for a while. And just feel him kick. Mm-hmm. And so when they slowed down a bit, I noticed right away. Um, and I remember talking to my mom about it. I lived with my parents at this point, And I, I talked to my mom about it. And she, I don't know, just very directly but compassionately shared with me a story of one of her friends who had suffered what she referred to as a stillbirth Hmm. I'd never heard of a stillbirth in general I thought all pregnancy loss was classified a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and she shared that with me And in the end, she said, I don't know why I feel I need to tell you about that, but it's good information. Mm -hmm. You might want to call. And so I had a doctor's appointment on my last prenatal visit around this time was on December 13th. And on that day, um, my OB listened to Ollie's heartbeat with a Doppler And he told me that, you know, it was good. It was strong. Um, He reviewed my ultrasound report from the anatomy scan. Everything 
was perfect. Um, the placenta was perfect. The fluid levels were perfect. Ollie's like anatomy and physiology were perfect. And then, like I said, I remember December 15th was a Wednesday, so it was all in the same week. But that was the first day that I started noticing that he wasn't moving as much. And so two days later, I called the on-call OB, and I told him. And he said, well, you know, eat ice cream and lay on your left side. And typically, this will jolt the baby and if you feel the baby kick, then everything's okay. But if you don't, then, you know, you'll want to call me back or come in. So I did that, and Ollie kicked, you know, several times. So I felt that everything was okay. Um, but then on Christmas Day... I started having what felt like Braxton Hicks. I was familiar with that term. So at this point, I'm starting to kind of get hip to some of the, like, pregnancy-related terminology. Mm -hmm, the lingo. So I was having some pretty um, consistent, like, cramping and pressure, and I just felt really yucky and uncomfortable overall. And so I asked my sister-in-law to to google Braxton Hicks and like help me better understand if maybe that's what I was experiencing and when she googled it we all kind of concluded like yeah it must be Braxton Hicks so you know we went on with our traditional Christmas celebration um, we have a big family brunch in the morning and then we'll usually have like a meal in the evening time but as the day went on like I was like progressively more uncomfortable um, so yeah, that's kind of where the next part of the journey all began. How did you, so they just intensified and at what point did you decide to call your OB? Um, or is that what so you So the crazy thing about this particular Christmas is that my dad was in the hospital he was in uh here in pittsburgh he was in shadyside hospital um he was having heart problems and so that evening we all went to visit with him and while we were there there's actually a picture of me sitting on the bed like he got out of the bed for me to sit on the bed and I uh, was holding my stomach, kind of like taking deep breaths, you know, and that was one of the moments that we were discussing Braxton Hicks. And I just decided, like, yeah, this is Braxton Hicks. It's okay. So we left, and I was going to go, like, cook a ham, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't care that I was in pain. I really, really wanted my Christmas ham. <laughs> so I was going to go cook my ham. And when we, you know, got back... I just like was just doubled over in pain um, and it was just it became pretty obvious that it wasn't just Braxton Hicks anymore um, I kind of just knew and so and how far along were you then I was 23 weeks and four days okay 
And so we got in the car and I remember driving. I wasn't driving. My brother was driving. My sister I was in the back seat with my nephew. And we were driving down <clears throat> Interstate 376 here in Pittsburgh. Um, and I remember the window was down, you know, because I was kind of nauseous. And he was driving really fast because my contractions were, like, pretty close together. And I remember in in... In those moments, I felt Ollie kick really, really strong. Mm -hmm. And I said out loud to him, I really can't take the pain, honey, of you kicking and me contracting. And I I said that to him. And I remember, like, holding my my hand on my belly, like, still feeling him, still talking Mm -hmm. to him. Still feeling really, really connected to him. But those were the last kicks I felt. Mm. Ever. From him. Mm. And so we arrived at McGee Women's Hospital here in Pittsburgh. And I was, uh, they took me through the emergency department. And then eventually up to be triaged in labor and delivery. And, uh, you know, standard admission procedures for any OB patient is to immediately put on the fetal monitoring belt. Mm -hmm. And when they did that, I just remember... I, I just describe it as like I heard silence yeah. because all I heard was my heart, right? But that's not mm-hmm. the one that I was looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first doctor said that she would be back. And they sent in a different doctor. And this was a doctor that took my hand and said I'm so sorry there's no heartbeat and I just remember feeling like I just I couldn't breathe yeah Yeah. and I sat up on the bed and took the deepest breath of my life moments are there's just no words you know to describe being that mom and getting that news in like a slow motion just everything falling apart everything so then because I was 23 weeks you know there was there was no option for for an easy for an easy birth right not that any any birth is is easy but i say that to say that my body had to do my body had to do this and so i didn't know once again i had no idea you know i genuinely thought that 
the only way and the only classification of pregnancy loss was was miscarriage, which from what I understood meant that if a baby dies, they kind of just pass through your, your system, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was anticipating. And then that's when I learned that I had two options. Either I could continue laboring on my own in my body's own time, or I could be induced to push along labor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I chose induction. And I just remember like so many of my of my female family members arriving at the hospital. And it was just so confusing because everybody was crying. Yeah. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just I could not wrap my head around what was happening. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And it wasn't until I saw all of them and all of them were crying so much. And I realized like, oh my gosh, like we've just lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. We've lost him already, but I still have to give birth to him. Yeah. The hell is just starting. And it, it was just, It was just the most confusing and unbelievable thing ever. And, you know, I only have one sibling. I have an older brother, and he and I are super close. But obviously, in this situation, I think he he kind of struggled with, you know, where does he belong? (laughs) You know, birth is still very, like, you know, womanly, if you will. Right. What's Um, his role? (laughs) But I remember him walking in and asking me he said Brandy what can I do for you mm-hmm. and I said the only thing I can think is that you pray mm-hmm. and he pressed his face against mine and he started reciting Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and I could feel his tears on my cheek And I just remember thinking, like, Lord, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even understand what you're asking me to do, but can I do it? And that became my answer for everyone that walked through that door. What can I do for you? Please pray. Please Mm -hmm. pray. Please pray. I just wanted everyone to pray for me because I knew that nobody else could do this big job that, that lied before me. Yeah. And so everyone sat with me in that room that night on Christmas night of 2010. You know, like, we would have all been together anyway, but we were together in a very different way for a very different reason. And there were moments that I was able to laugh. There were moments that all I could do was, was scream yeah and then suddenly I felt a really big gush and Ollie was born mm. at 12 14 on December 26 12 14 a.m 
and and then I knew that I was about to walk into the next part of it all because even the anticipation of his birth like I really didn't know what to expect I didn't know what what I would see I didn't know how I would feel I knew that I wanted to hold him I knew that I was going to give him a proper funeral because once again he was a family member. I couldn't imagine doing anything less for any of my other relatives. So certainly these are the questions they asked me ahead of time. Did I want to hold him? Did I want him to have a funeral? You know, and, and I knew the answers just very intuitively, mm-hmm. but when it was actually time to meet him, I didn't know what to expect or how I would feel or what I would see. And I just remember being really, really terrified. And my mom was standing on the left side of my bed. And I, I grabbed her face and pressed my face against hers. And I, I wouldn't move it. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to look. I didn't want to really come into that moment yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they dressed him. And they swaddled him. And they brought him to me. And he was just... He was so perfect. He was just the most perfect thing that I'd ever seen. And then all the fear and all the pain and... It just all washed away for a moment, and I was able to hold him and sing to him. Mm-hmm. I remember singing "A la Nanita," a Spanish lullaby, mm-hmm. and then I just talked to him for a while. And then I put him back in the bassinet, and I cried for a long time. And then I held him again. I talked to him some more. And I tried to think of, like, everything that I ever wanted him to know. All in that moment. Because really, that was the moment. You know, like, that was a lifetime of hellos and goodbyes. And so for me, even though there's lots of different options and lots of different preferences I've learned um, for for what moms and families choose to do after after this kind of loss in a hospital setting. I genuinely felt like I needed to say goodbye in the labor suite and not take him upstairs to recovery with me. I really felt like I needed to to separate the, the two areas so that it would be less traumatic when I left yeah and so they put me in a wheelchair and he was still in my arms and I lifted him up to hand him to the nurse who was standing and it was literally the hardest thing I've ever done because the way I internalized it, even though there was, you know, more formal services to be had in the days to follow, I really felt like that was the moment that I gave my child back. Yeah. Like, you don't expect to just have, like, 
months and hours with your baby. Yeah. You expect to have, I mean, honestly, a lifetime. Yeah. And I handed them back. And the nurse began to cry. Mm. And she knelt down at my legs and she told me, she said, I have no idea how you're going to get through this, but I know that you're going to get through this. Mm. And I just heard her so, so clearly and so profoundly. And I cataloged it in my brain. And obviously, like, my grief journey was, like, long. And there was, like, many, many days to follow. Yeah. And I'm still on the journey. But I believed her when she told me that I could and that I would get through it. I love that. And, you know, what a powerful few sentences, a few words in that in that moment. Brandy, if we could just give you, let's just give it to you and the people that are listening to us right now if I could explain what Tracy and I look like <laughs> I mean at one moment I I kind of giggled but that's because I have mascara all over my sweatshirt and um, oh. I, I'm not sure what my face looks like right now but story is so touching and um I mean as a as a lost mom community we know you know we know exactly what you're saying when you say those things mm-hmm. and even though all of our stories are so different they're all the same um we talked previously, Tracy and I, about that moment. Um, that's that moment that lost moms get, and that moment is the goodbye. The goodbye is just so hard. Um, previous to uh, you know a funeral or anything that looks like that, but the goodbye with you and your baby in that moment is just something nobody prepares you for, mm-hmm. and is not in a book, um, not a chapter, not a pamphlet at your doctor's office. So, I mean, you described it perfectly. And, um, you know, I just want to thank you for that because it's, it's honestly the truth. And Ollie is, I mean, kind of, I mean, you said earlier, he is, he is special. (laughs) And he'll be 10 this year. Right? Yeah. Wow. Double digits. That's crazy. Um, do you have anything special planned for him for his birthday this year? I don't. I, I don't. I uh, So the way that I typically celebrate Ollie's birthday is I make a major, a major move in my life. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so buckle up. So right, right. tell me something, Brandy. <laughs> Make a major move in my life. So I uh, I signed up to be a doula one year on his birthday. Um, so the year that I decided that I would do it, I paid for my classes on his birthday. Um, we established Ollie's Angels on his birthday, and our date on our paperwork is the day that I buried him. Wow. So, like, there's all significant dates. Um, There was one year that on Christmas Day, I did not spend the whole day with my family. Rather, I worked at McGee Hmm. as a spiritual care volunteer under the chaplaincy program and intentionally went on the labor and delivery unit to work with other families experiencing loss on that day. Wow. 
That's like powerful. this is how mm-hmm. I celebrate his yeah, birthday. That is powerful. I get it. Yeah, I love that. So, so um, I can't. I can't wait till his tenth birthday. <laughs> right. What made the will I make? I mean, you know what I want. What I what decision I want you to make, but. <laughs> That is not up to me, (laughs) but I'm here waiting. (laughs) And, and I mean, I met you, Brandy, oh gosh, maybe five years ago. Um, Six. Six. Okay. She would know the date. Right. (laughs) She would know the date. You you are yet agreed. (laughs) (laughs) I, I actually remember where I was when I first talked to you, um, and that's so we're gonna have to wrap up this the podcast for today. But Brandy, you're you're gonna be um, a you're regular. Ca- you're voice. coming back, Brandy. Yes. This is not your only episode. No, because the story um, just is just beginning with you and I, and and that's a that's a whole nother that's episode. That's a whole nother series of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Brandy, we thank you. Thank you for sharing Ollie with us. Uh, every detail. I mean, we're here bawling our faces yeah. off. Um, and you just, you're just so special. And so blessed to know you and excited to see what is next um, with you. And uh, yeah, just really grateful for you. Well, thank you. Thank you all for having me. Thank you for loving my baby and making space for his memory. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ollie, you are loved, and yes. we are going to celebrate tenth birthday this year. Oh, yeah, we're doing something here. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I've got to go <laughs> yeah. stand in the bed. I love it. I love it. I mean, he's ours. Okay, he's not just yours. <laughs> Ollie's ours. Right. <laughs> hope that's okay with you. Well, we love you. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, hope you all have a great day. Mm-hmm.